We all right. Hug it on out. Get it all finished up. That's good. We could be a church that don't like each other and don't want to talk and hug, so I ain't complaining at all. Praise God. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, please. 1 Peter chapter 4. to finish up my third year here in about the next 30 days. I know, y'all are sitting there going, man, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I know it. And I still can't get over the fact that when I look out in the congregation and I see everyone, I just want to get teary-eyed. I mean, y'all are, mm. I can't get here fast enough, I'm telling you. And spending a week away is like, mm. it ain't natural, is it? Let us pray. Father in heaven, may your name be glorified this day. May we honor you. Lord God, I'm so thankful to you, our King. Thank you, Lord God, for being our Lord. Thank you for changing my life and saving my soul. And for those that you've saved out here, Lord God, I thank you. So, Lord, today we ask, we ask for your word to be preached, and we ask for, Lord God, that you don't hold back, but that you pour out upon each and every person sitting in this congregation. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to cause me to decrease, Lord God, so that you may be glorified. Cause me to move out of the way, Lord God, so that you may be honored. Cause me to move out of the way, Lord God, so that you may be heard. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. First Peter, chapter 4. Go down to verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Of course, I probably don't need to say anything else, do I? Let's address the first verse I read in verse 7, the first portion. The end of all things is near. If there's ever any question, ever any doubt, ever any concern about it, just look. We're in our final stages, y'all. Things have become rough, bad. You could talk about just what happened this week. Can't go shopping, right? Things are happening day in and day out. I can give you a laundry list of things that are happening. Can someone do me a favor and adjust the air? I can feel my sweat coming on already. <laughs> Drop it down a little bit. I appreciate it. The end of all things is near. 
And you know what it mean, means to be near, that it's imminent, that at any given time, at any given place, at anything, it can happen here very quickly. The return of our Lord Jesus Christ, or actually the calling away of the church. That can happen at any second, at any moment. Before I finish this statement, before anything can happen, before you go to lunch, no matter what may happen, the end is near. Amen. And when that happens, you got to be ready. You, you, you can't be on this. Y'all, you know, y'all so lovingly posted that picture of me straddling the fence last week. I won't do that again. You want to break me or something? Just take a picture of me. I'll stop. But because things are so close, you have time for nothing else other than Jesus. I can't stress that enough. I can't make it clearer to each and every one of you. Because things are so close, you have time for nothing else other than Jesus Christ. You don't even have time for your own opinions. You don't even have time for your own. You can do nothing right now. The only thing you can afford to do right now is to line up with the word of God as close as possible. Because the end is near. You know, we have chaos that's ensuing all over the world, even in our very country. We know we talk about shootings. We talk about our political chaos. We talk about our corporate chaos. We talk about our, our, our chaos that's in our neighborhoods, even in our homes, families divided, all of these things that are happening. And they're not going to get better. I'm not going to stand here and tell you they're going to get better. You know they aren't, aren't, don't you? Don't you know that things are not going to get better? If this, was, if this was the way it was supposed to be, if this was as good as it gets, then what was the point of Jesus? Right? If this was as good as it got, what's the point of Christ? You see, Jesus is going to come and show us how to do it. Praise God for that opportunity. Praise God. That if you're sitting here saved, born by the blood of Jesus Christ, born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're going to get to reign with Jesus when he shows us all how it's really done. I can guarantee you it won't be three songs in a sermon. I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that it won't be any adjusting of the air conditioning or adjusting of the lights. And by the way, it looks real dark out there. Can y'all see your Bible? It looks dark. It won't be any of that because when the end, the end is near, he's going to fix it. He's going to take care of it. Thank you so much. Praise God. I don't want people getting used to the dark. Turn it up some more. We've got enough darkness in our light, life. We don't need any more added to it. There you go. Praise God. There we go. Amen. <laughs> there was light. In Psalm 110, take your Bible and turn to Psalm 110. Hold, don't lose don't t- turn to Psalm 110 for a moment. The end is near. And in Psalm 110, David wrote, he wrote this song. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand 
until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. In holy array, from the womb of the dawn, of the dawn your youth are to you as the dew. Verse 4, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. He will judge among nations. He will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over the broad country. He will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he will lift up his head. In Psalm 110, we find that Jesus is going to come and set up his thousand-year reign, and he's going to reign. It says nothing about a democracy. It says nothing about you going to get a right to vote about it or anything like that. Jesus is going to come, and he's going to set it up, and he's going to show. See, the end is near. We're almost to this point. And our goal in our lives right now is nothing but to be as lined up as perfectly as we can with Christ and everything that he's telling us to do, everything that he's directing us to do, everything he's given us to do, we need to line up. The end is near. There is no more time to second guess and wonder about whether or not he's coming. He's coming. And when he comes, there's going to be a, a little seven-year gap that happens. And then Jesus is going to come back. And when he comes back, he's going to set it all up. He's going to erase everything that's been done. And he's going to rule it the way it's supposed to be done. And then if you notice in this scripture that we just read, he tells the Lord tells the Lord, sit at my right hand until I'm in other words, sit back and wait till I'm done. Jesus, wait till I'm done. And then when Jesus go down in the verses a little bit further and the and it says this. In verse 5, the Lord is at your right hand. Now, all of a sudden, the roles have switched. Jesus is reigning, and God is coming and taking care of business while Jesus reigns. God is going to do the fighting for him. See, the end is near. With all this chaos going on in our lives and in our worlds and everything that's happening, with all this going on, the end is near. All of this stuff that's happening, it's going to get to a point where Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to say, okay, now, this is what you do. This is how you lead. This is how you love. This is how you worship. This is how you're going to do everything. Can you imagine a church service in the, during a thousand-year reign? Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine never having to leave the house of God? And go do things the way man is desiring it to be done, but you're only doing the things the way God wants it done. The end is near. The time where you're trying to figure it out should be over right now. And you should just be letting God be God in your life and let him do it for you. Go back to first Peter chapter four and look at verse seven, because after he says the end of all things, the end of all things. That means Black Friday is no longer going to be needed. You're no longer going to have to worry about the what? Third, when is Thanksgiving? The fourth Thursday or the third Thursday? Which Thursday is it? This is the fourth Thursday in the month. You don't have to worry about burning your house down because you want a fried turkey. You're not going to have to worry about the end of all things. Everything. Hey, guess what, Auburn fans? There's hope. There's going to be a time where you won't lose anymore. 
The end of all things is near. And he says this. Look what he says. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Sound judgment. Y'all, we're doing things in this day and age right now that makes no sense at all. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not exhibiting any sound judgment. We're not exhibiting any kind of prudence in anything. The end is near and we're living as if it's not. Some of y'all got my text this week about the little telephone deal, right? It makes no sense for a phone that was just designed last year to be old and outdated. It makes no sense, does it? You know, you watch the home shows, and I've talked about this before, and they walk in the house, and they want granite and, and stainless steel, and now they're shifting away from granite now. It makes no sense. They don't want this. They don't want that. Things changing, and all of a sudden, it's all dated. Remember, everything that you had in the 50s now is, is desirable? Mid-century modern is what they call it now. 50 years old! But it's, in, it's, it's, it's desirable. He says in his words, be of sound judgment. A person that is exhibiting sound judgment doesn't follow what is going on in today's world and society, now does it? Sound judgment does not exist in this world, does it? And so if we're going to have sound judgment, there's only one source we can get it from. That's from Jesus, isn't it? We talked about it in Sunday school. Hey, guess what needs to happen if you're going to have sound judgment? Everything in your life needs to line up with everything in here. That's it. Everything, that's sound judgment. Lining up yourself with the word. That's, that's the sound judgment that you need. And be sober in spirit. In other words, be alert. We've become drunk. From the very generation that we're living in right now. The very generation we helped create. Hmm? Hmm? The very generation we helped create. We've become drunk in it. We're not making rash decisions anymore. We were driving back yesterday. And we were getting on the interstate. We came, stopped by the church, dropped off some stuff, and then we were getting on the interstate. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, this person comes over and cuts right in front of us. I mean, and I'm behaving. I'm in her car on top of that. So I'm behaving. But I, I, she jumps in front of us and she slams on brakes. Not sound judgment, y'all. And my response, would y'all like to hear my response? <laughs> I did not stick my hand out the window. It was too cold. My body would have got cold. My response was, I found that blue oval in the middle of her steering wheel and I laid on it. And Mario agrees. <laughs> Don't you love, I love that ring. He needs to leave that up all the time. I love that. And I laid on it. And I called her name. I did. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like a, you know, a curse word or nothing. I didn't do that. But I mentioned her ex. It was not very wise. I didn't say it like that. But I said. 
But she got over and slammed the brakes. I said, you're not very wise. With the horn blaring. Sound judgment. We don't even do it on the interstate. If you're going 70, you don't do that. And that's what we have to we have to be sober and alert. Guess what I had to be? I had to be alert when I was getting on the interstate. I had to watch her cut in front of me because guess what? The end was near if I didn't put on brakes when she did. Brad would be preaching today instead of me if I didn't know the end was near. I had to use sound judgment. And do it all for the purpose of prayer. Prayer for what? Prayer for who? What are you praying for? The end is near. Should you be praying for all your burdens to go away? Should you be praying for all your bills to be paid? Should you be praying for all the health in your life to be perfect? Should you be praying for nice green grass and nice smooth roads? Should you be praying for that? Remember, the end is near. So what should you be praying for? What should you be using your sound judgment for? The lost in this world. Amen, sister. See, that's not, see guess what? It's going to come to an end. We know that. It's near. And if I direct you in anything else other than, hey, your prayers need to get redirected. Your attitude needs to get redirected. You need to wake up out of your sleep. You need to quit standing in line. And, and, and now I find out that we're paying people to stand in line to get the deals. How are you saving money? If you're wanting a Black Friday deal, you want a $129 TV that doesn't cost but $180 to begin with, and you want it for $129, but you pay someone $100 to stand in line so you can get $129. Guess what you just spent? $229. You just spent $50 more than what you... Sound judgment, y'all. But that's what we do. It makes sense. So we can walk around and tell everyone, look at what I got. But you pay too much for it. It's not very sound, is it? See, we're praying for this stuff. We're praying for the wrong things. And yet people are just. I got to say it. I, I, wouldn't, I didn't think I had to, but you got to stampede on Thanksgiving night in a mall. For what purpose? To what end? Sound judgment. Where is it? Where is it in your life? Your prayers, where are they directed? Are you praying for your family members to just act right? Well, start with you. You act right first. Quit telling them how much they act up. Quit regretting going to Thanksgiving dinner because, oh, cousin so-and-so is going to be there, and you know what he does. Every year at 3 o'clock, he just starts hacking and hawking and spitting at the table. Well, first off, pray for cousin so-and-so instead of talking about him. Well, you know what? They're going to bring that bad kid of theirs. 
Do I need to go any further with the bad children? Guess who raises the bad children? Bad parents raise bad children. Well, I'm good. I think I'm good. I didn't see you smack that kid when he looked up that woman's dress a while ago. You need to get on to him. Oh, I said it. I didn't see you snatch little Jimmy up and, and tell him, you don't talk to me like that. I'm your mama. I didn't see that happen. See, we ain't raising sound judgment. Well, don't spank him in public. Then let him know. It's embarrassing. I ain't telling you to beat your children. I'm telling you to correct your children. Just like God's correcting you. You think he don't correct you in public? I'm going to wait till you get home, David, and then we're going to deal with this issue. He will smack you in front of everybody and their children right there if you do something out there in public, won't he? And yeah, we'll wait till you get home. No, you don't. I'm going to beat you all the way home. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to spank you all the way home. Either way, my hand, I'm going to lay hands. We're about to get holy. I'm about to lay hands on you. Sound judgment for the purpose of correction and prayer and, and being sober. Keep, sometimes you gotta, you got to be corrected so you can wake up and realize where you're flawed. Sometimes you got to hear the pastor say something that's just out there so you can wake up and go, whoa, wait a minute. You know what? That's right or that's wrong or whatever. But you got to wake up so you can get your life lined back up with where God wants you to be. Because everyone sitting in here is not saved. Oh, did I say in here? David, don't ever preach that I'm not saved again. I didn't say you. I just said Edward. Miss Linda, thanks for the help. No, she's right. She said if the shoe fits. Y'all, sound judgment is getting you directed back to where you need to be. Sound judgment, and that's the whole purpose. And then above all, look what he says in verse 8. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. You know what fervent means? Does anyone know what fervent means? Keep fervent in your love. Do you know what fervent means? It means passionate intensity. Have passionate intensity. I don't need to be the only one up here acting like an idiot over you. Okay? You need to start acting like an idiot over someone else. You need to have this passion for those who are lost. And if you look foolish, you just look foolish. It's okay. Because the whole purpose and intensity is not for you, but it's directed at others and have it for one another. For the brothers and sisters in Christ and for the lost, you've got to have it, but it's got to be passionate. you got to be willing. I'm going to use another. I, I, yesterday filled me full of analogies. Wow. I'm a, you got to be willing to fly a helicopter into the stadium just to drive a field. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get the job done, you need to get it done. That's passionate. They wanted to play that game, didn't they? So they paid real money 
to fly a helicopter in and dry the football field so that they could play that game, didn't they? They were passionate about that, weren't they? If this game doesn't go off, it's going to be horrible. If those guys have to fall and get dirty or wet, ooh, ew. By the way, I remember back when I did like football. <laughs> back when I did like football. We didn't have all, you know, if you got dirty or you bled a little bit, it was part of the game. It's a contact sport, right? Now they got all kinds of gadgets and gizmos all on them to keep their elbows and arms from getting dirty. <laughs> Makes no sense. But you do what it takes, don't you? They did what it took to get that game in. The field is wet. We used to play in the mud, by the way. We didn't have special grass to keep us from getting hurt. That's why I look like this today, y'all. I played football for a little while. <laughs> Keep fervent. Have a passionate intensity. Have a passionate intensity for, because why, y'all? Why do we need to be passionate and intense? Because of verse 7. The end is near. The end is near. So the passion and the intensity needs to be so much more than it ever was before. Does that make sense? Or does it sound crazy? Do you need what? What if, are you willing to do? Are you that passionate and intense that you're willing to do whatever? See, Jesus was so passionate and intense that he was willing to do what? God, I want to save him so bad, I'll die for him. God says you're going to have to. Well, then let me go. That's the passion. That's the fervent. Do you have that? For even each other. Now, we love each other in this church. That's why you, it's hard to get you to sit down because you want to talk to each other, right? And you haven't seen each You know, you chat. Hey, we can chat all week long and still see each other face to face and chat forever. That's just the kind of love that we have for each other, right? I don't ever get tired of talking to you, okay? I wish I had more time to talk to you. I wish you had more time. To, but that's the love. But what, well, where is it for everyone else, though? Where is that fervent intensity, that passionate, that passionate love? And for one another. And then look what it, look, look at verse eight, because love overcomes. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. You see, it was the love of Christ that covered your sin. The act of the, uh, of the sacrifice, we can get all technical about how you sacrifice something to cover sins, but it was because it was generated by love is why the sins were covered. You understand? And that love continues on. Now look at verse 9. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Now, because the end is near. Don't have issues with each other. You cannot afford. Come here, Jonathan. You're my son. Come give me a hug. I can't do that to him. Turn around. Come here. I can't hug you right now because you have one of those jackets. That can't be my complaint. I've got to bring him in. You know what I mean? Yep. 
You see what I'm saying? I can't let nothing get between my love for him. The time is near. Y'all, it's close. Y'all, it is, it, is, it is right there. It is as close as that driver was to us. Yesterday, I'll get, tell you what else happened yesterday. I don't know if y'all know it or not, but I have issues with Santa Claus, right? <laughs> so we're in the hardware store, and I'm going to get the batteries. And a man dressed up like Santa sitting, is standing about where Miss Pam Long is right there, okay? I kind of looked at him, and then I turned and went on over to get my batteries. He hollers, and are you a witness? Raise your hand. Can I get a witness? Amen. There you go. She turns, and he, tur- he says, hey, are you avoiding me? And I turn and look at him, and I say, yes, because I don't like you. <laughs> I said it with a smile. So he comes over. He still comes over. He looks at me, and I said, <laughs> it was funny. And he's smiling and laughing, and I'm laughing, too. I just have an issue with Santa Claus. And he reaches in his bucket, and he snatches out a candy cane. And he, now I'm standing here, right? He bypasses me. He said, here, honey, and gave it to my wife. I look at him, and I look in his bucket. He said, I ain't got no coal in there for you. I still got my sucker from him, though. <laughs> the whole point was about being hospitable to each other. Now, we were having fun, and he knew it, and we were having fun. But it doesn't matter what their condition is. No, I'm really not a fan of Santa, okay? You know, I just don't. That whole thing is just, but I understand. I'm not going to go there. Now my wife's sitting there going, there's babies in here. I got you. But you got to hear the truth. I, I will let the parents tell them, sweetie, you want to preach for me today? Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right. But the point is, is that we always got to be loving to each other, even through everything that we go through. Being hospital, because guess what? The end is near. It is so close. And how are we going to be found by Christ? When you look at verse 10, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. At the end of the day, everything that's been boiled down here, being be sound judgment, um, all this stuff, having a fervent uh, love, all of these be fervent and uh, passionate and intensity, all these things, they have to boil down to what God has blessed us with, the gifts he's given us, and the things that we have to employ or we have to apply in our lives for the purpose of the manifold grace of God, for the purpose of salvation. You've got to learn to work through some things. Because the end is near. And get it lined, get yourself, get everything in your life lined up with Christ so that when the end comes, those that are here or wherever they are that don't know Jesus Christ can come to a saving grace of Jesus Christ at the end of the day. 
and they can stand before a loving and holy God, not in judgment, but in the days of grace. And you know what? God can turn and look at you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But you've got to be a sound judgment. You've got to look at things and you've got to say, wait a minute, that don't look like Christ. I've used the analogy before. I used it in Sunday school. I'm going to use it again. Maybe I'm repeating myself, but myself. But listen to this. If you are looking at counterfeit money, you need to know if it's real or counterfeit. Guess what you do? You don't look at the fake. You look at the real one and you emulate that. You make sure it matches that. That's how you determine if it's counterfeit. The FBI is not looking at the tens of thousands of counterfeit bills out there. They're looking at the one real one and they're saying all of those are wrong because they don't look like this one. That's sound judgment. You have to look at the one true God and quit looking at all the others so that you can make the proper judgment concerning whether it's real or fake. We're so bombarded and so confused with phones and cars and houses and shows and, and this gizmo and that gizmo. Technology's eating us alive right now. I'm not telling you don't have your stuff, but I'm telling you it's eating you up. Should I have this many What's the number? Gigabytes. That's it. Yeah, should I have this many gigabytes or that many gigabytes? You know, do I need this many terabytes or that many terabytes? Do I need, you know, it used to be one terabyte. You could get everything on that. No, it's not enough space. I remember when my son used to fix our computer. We could never get on the computer. Guess what? It was always updating. I need the computer, son. Well, it's updating. Well, what good is it? So I had to wait. And then the update would come, and I'd sit down. And then three days later, what's the computer doing? Oh, it's updating. Well, guess what then? Guess what you need to do? You need to update. <laughs> you need to update. What are you doing, Chris? I'm updating. I'm up to four terabytes right now. So that you can use sound judgment because the end is near. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? If it doesn't make sense, let me know. I'll preach it backwards. But it's got to make sense. Does it make sense? The end is, okay, let's summarize. Let's summarize. Let's, let's summarize real quick. Verse 7, the end of all things is near. Okay? That means... God is getting ready to say, I'm done with the way things are right now. And I'm getting ready to change it all. Since God is about to say this, point number two, then therefore, guess what? Start using some sound judgment and quit following the crowd. Okay? Start using sound judgment. Okay? So the end is near. Since the end is near, use sound judgment and be alert, sober in spirit. And then when you're doing that, while you're doing that, go to verse 8. Above all things, keep fervent. Get your passion and your intensity back about Christ so you can show the love of, to Christ to others. That's point three. Let's take another point. Point four. And in all of that love, understand what it's doing. In all that passion and all that fervent attitude towards others, you're accomplishing one thing. 
you're covering a multitude of sins. Not theirs, but yours. And theirs. But you can't die for their sin. You can't, you can't, you can't confess their sin. They got to confess theirs. But your sin is covered. Your sin is covered through love. That was point, which point was that? How many was that? Four. All right, point number five. Let's go there. I didn't do your points, but I'll do some more points. Ready? Point number five. Look at this. And then be hospitable without any issues. Don't put a rope. Don't put a limit on how much you're going to love. Then don't complain about it. Don't complain about have God, it's hard to love them. I don't like them, but I love them. You better learn to, you better get off of that little mess. God said I had to love them, not like them. Wrong answer. You got to like them and love them. You may not like what they're doing, but you better like them and love them. You're just justifying wanting to have a sour attitude about someone. Get over yourself. You got a sour attitude also. I got one. Amy called me a few months ago when she bought our car, bought her car. She called me a car snob. <laughs> and I know it's true, I am. She thinks it's so funny. <laughs> it is true, I'm a car snob. I better get over that kind of junk. I still love her the same, even though she drives something I wouldn't. <laughs> and she loves her car, and I love her for loving that. But be, don't do it. Okay, now point number, which one is it? Six? Okay. Listen to this carefully. You have received a gift from God. Notice what the word says. Employ. That means put it to work. How many of you are employed? Raise your hand. That means you do what? You get up and you go to, huh? Do you get up and go to work? Okay, how many of you get up and go to work? I do. Say, I do. Okay, good. That means you're employed, right? How many of you are saved by God? Say, amen. amen. Then guess what? You're employed. Go to work. <laughs> Got you. Point number seven. Verse 11, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So that in all things, you see, now get this get this in mind. This is another all things. The first all things in verse 7 were the things of this world. This all things are the things of God. And all things, look at it real closely, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Period. Now do you get the sermon? Good, thank you. You just want me to quit. Okay? Get it. The end is near. The end is near. Everybody bow your head. Real short and sweet. 
if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you know Jesus Christ, in other words, no intimate personal relationship, you all are intertwined together. You, you know what he wants from you, and he knows what you're trying to do for him. It is an intimate relationship. The no, like a marriage, knowing your wife, knowing your husband. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, raise your right hand. Okay. If you couldn't raise your hand, that means you don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And you need one. And you want to know why you need one? Is because of just what was preached. The end is near. If you want a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because the end is near, there's a time coming where you're going to stand before a holy and just God. And you are going to stand and give an account of every careless word you say. That's what the scripture says. Every careless word, every thought, every act, every deed, you're going to stand before God. And let me tell you something right now. You can't stand before him unjustified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because he's going to tell you to depart from him. So don't second guess it anymore. The end is near. Time is now. If you do not know Jesus, the time is now. Come forward now. Everybody, keep your head bowed. Pray. See, this is what this is what this is what we were talking about in verse eight. Pray. Verse, you got to pray. Verse 7 is talking about prayer for the purpose of pray for those who do not know him. All right. Father, thank you. You preached your word. Lord God, you've spoken. And Lord, we're waiting for you to bring the increase. In Jesus' name, amen. As the